This is the Read Your Bible Podcast, the daily podcast designed to help you understand and apply the scriptures. Nothing will grow your relationship with Jesus Christ more than studying the Bible for yourself. I'm your host, Drew Tankersley, and for the next few moments, I want to invite you to join me as we dive into God's Word together. We'll ask God to help us see what He wants us to see so that we can be who He wants us to be. When I was little, I learned a song, probably in vacation Bible school somewhere. Joshua fit the battle of Jericho, 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 Joshua fit the battle of Jericho, and the walls came a-tumbling down. You can talk about your men of Gideon, you can talk about your men of Saul, but there's none like good old Joshua in the battle of Jericho. Joshua chapter 5 and 6 recounts for us that epic victory. But I have to confess, it's hard to read these narratives and not rush through them thinking we know how the story ends. But if we do this, we risk missing all the powerful lessons in a story like this one that they're meant to teach us. God has so many important lessons for us to consider here. These chapters are replete with essential truths for God's people. So let me encourage you just to slow down a little bit as we go through a few of them together on today's podcast from Joshua chapter 5 and 6. I actually want to read to you verses 10 through 15 of Joshua chapter 5 today. While the Israelites camped at Gilgal on the plains of Jericho, they observed the Passover on the evening of the 14th day of the month. The day after Passover, they ate unleavened bread and roasted grain from the produce of the land. And the day after they ate from the produce of the land, the manna ceased. Since there was no more manna for the Israelites, they ate from the crops of the land of Canaan that year. When Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. Joshua approached him and asked, Are you for us or for our enemies? Neither, he replied. I have now come as commander of the Lord's army. Then Joshua bowed with his face to the ground in homage and asked him, What does my Lord want to say to his servant? The commander of the Lord's army said to Joshua, Remove your sandals from your feet, for the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did that. We learn here several truths about obedience and provision and testimony and first fruits, lots of things here. The first thing I want us to notice is the is God's provision. God knew exactly how long he would have to feed the people the manna. He knew their needs and exactly how long they would need that provision. So on the day they entered the land, God had promised them. They ate from the land's fruit and the manna stopped. God was providing for them now in new ways. But what is significant is that one stopped when the other started. It had provided for them every last day until God had fulfilled his promise to them. We also notice Joshua's obedience. It's such an odd request to walk around the walls of Jericho. I mean, this might explain why God is so specific in telling him that he should observe to do all that is written therein. This is a proof or case in testing Joshua if he would obey him. Marching around the city, blowing trumpets, shouting victory, it's all so incredibly crazy. And yet Joshua trusts the Lord's command and he obeys 
what he says. We also notice something about the silent testimony of walking around the walls. Joshua is peculiarly, peculiarly instructed by God to tell the people to march around the city without a word being spoken. They're told to be quiet, watch, and their silence is itself a testimony to their obedience. The very fact that these people would obey this ludicrous command without a word, in particular adherence to Joshua's voice, is pretty incredible. We remember the importance in this story of first fruits. It was necessary to God for the people to give Jericho's spoils to him because it was the first fruits of conquering the land. They did absolutely nothing to deserve this victory. So none of it was rightfully theirs. And yet Achan stole some. And it got him and them in big trouble. We witness here also God's grace. God had spared Rahab and her family true to his word. She did exactly what the spies instructed her to do. Gather her family in her house and not leave it. And God would save everyone in her house. This is precisely what happened. She was a pagan prostitute whose faith saved her life. We're warned of Joshua's curse. According to Joshua's words, the man who rebuilds Jericho will lose his firstborn son, and the one who finishes its gates will lose his youngest son. And in 1 Kings 16.34, this is precisely what happened. In Ahab's time, Hael of, Beth of Bethel rebuilt Jericho. He laid its foundations at the cost of his firstborn son, Abirim, and he set up its gates at the cost of his youngest son, Sagub, in accordance with the word of the Lord spoken by Joshua, son of Nun. As we think about applying these things to our life, just consider with me a few of these applications. God knows exactly what we need and for how long we need it. We can trust him to provide for us, just like the manna. And when the provision dries up in one place, he'll provide through another. Just ask the prophet Elijah, who was fed by the birds, and then the widow of Zarephath. God knows our needs, and he will fulfill his promises to us like he did the children of Israel. And he will provide for us until he fulfills his promises. He is a good and faithful God that we can trust with our needs. We also can see that it will require trusting the Lord's words if we're to obey his commands. Obedience is the hand's manifestation of the heart's trusting God's words. They are always connected. Joshua believed God's words and then obeyed them. And true to his promise, God blessed them with victory. Here again, we see the need for obedience in our own lives. If we obey God's word, God will bring success. This was the promise for Joshua, and it's the promise for us. Trusting God's words enough to obey is the actual test of faithfulness. It is the core of our growth. Do we trust God, or do we lean to our own understanding? Do we believe that God's way is best, or do we give in to temptation, which is the devil's alternative? Satan gets us to think that God is holding out on us, and eventually we fall prey to his lies. But obedience requires trust in God, in who he is, in what he says. And Joshua knew all about it. I wonder how often we're silent when it comes to obeying God. 
Just like the children of Israel had to walk around in silence around the city. The simple truth is we are doing good to obey most days, let alone do it silently. This type of silent obedience requires a submissive faith that believes our confidence in the God who goes before us into battle. Are we willing to silently obey regardless of how ludicrous God's commands may seem to the culture around us? How we do this is integral to our success. It's also important for us to think about this idea of first fruits. The truth is that every victory is God's. Therefore, he owns it all. And sometimes we're tempted to believe that this money, this provision, this increase is ours. And, he give, and we give some to God, but in reality, all of our resources are his. And he has graciously given some of them to us. We must see that he is the giver and we are the recipients of his goodness. Every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights, in whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning, James 1.17. When we don't give God what is his, it's stealing from him. This is the very definition of stealing and disobedience at the same time. God takes this very seriously, just as he did with Achan. I need to remember how much God has given me if I'm ever tempted to complain about how much I'm supposed to give him. It's all his anyway, and he deserves my cheerful and worship-filled gifts, both monetarily and physically. I'm also thankful for the grace of God that extends to pagan prostitutes, because it reminds me that sinners like me are given grace as well. When we do as God instructs in repentance and placing our faith in the care of God's promises, which is what faith really is, God's grace will save us from the just punishment of our sins. See, the gospel is at work here. Rahab did what the spies said to do. Rahab placed all her trust in the promises of God, and God offered her grace and spared her from the wrath that was to come. I thank God that this is exactly what we get to do. Though we are sinners, we have done, when we do what Jesus asked, that is to take up our cross and follow him, we have, when we place our faith in his promises, then we will escape the punishment for our sins. And now we trust him for salvation. Thank you, God. God's promises stand. At every turn, we see this relationship between obedience and disobedience and God's promises. God promised to provide manna until they reached the land, and he fulfilled that promise. Joshua obeyed, and they won the victory. Achan disobeyed, and God's commands, disobeyed God's commands and lost his family. Rahab obeyed, and it saved her life. Hael disobeyed, and he lost his sons. Over and over and over again, obedience brings blessing. Disobedience brings curse. So Jesus... Help us to obey your words. Thank you for reminding us of these truths, that you are our provider. You've carried us through the wilderness and provided manna for us. You are our victory. All we have to do is obey you. You are the giver of all good gifts. All of it is yours. So help us to be faithful to honor you with the things that you have given us, including giving you the first fruits of the increase that we receive. You are the giver of grace that saves sinners that trust in you. 
So help us, Lord Jesus, to follow you by trusting your promises and obeying your words. Help us to worship you. God, we thank you for your provision, for your victory, for your gifts, and for your grace. In your name, amen. Thanks for joining us today for the Read Your Bible podcast. For show notes to today's episode, please visit readyourbible.info. While you're there, you can listen to past episodes as well as access a host of additional resources designed to help you grow in your faith. It's all there for you at readyourbible.info. That's readyourbible.info. For more information about South Seminole Baptist Church, just go to southseminole.com. Join us again tomorrow as together we help you learn to read your Bible.